This episode of Pet Resource Radio is brought to you by Westlake Ace Hardware Stores. Westlake Ace Pet Departments have everything you need for a happy, healthy pet. As your neighborhood pet destination for food, treats, toys, and bedding, shop the brands you trust like Blue Buffalo, Science Diet, Purina, and Kong. Also, all their stores are pet-friendly. Shopping with your best friend is more fun, and hey, it puts a smile on their employees' faces too, so feel free to bring your leashed pet with you when you shop. Our outreach efforts are also supported by La Mega KC, Kansas City's Spanish radio station, and Hot 103 Jams, KPRS, KC's number one station for hip-hop and R&B. We're talking with Rhonda Law of Critter House KC on building a rescue and finding the right home for our furry friends today on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Dave Shapiro. And I'm Scott Cotter. Welcome to the program, friends. We are coming to you from the world headquarters of Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, right here on 59th Street. Dave and I are in a room we call the Fish Bowl at PRCKC. And we want you to know we're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together through supportive services for folks who are in need. Exactly. And if you are in need of pet vaccinations, they will be available at a discounted rate at Chandler Baptist Church out in Liberty, Missouri. That's 11401 Highway 33 out in Liberty. We're talking a full set of vaccinations for your dog for $35, a full set of vaccinations for your cat for $25, puppies and kittens, $10. Are you kidding me? Vaccinated? Uh, Like, get them their boosters? Sounds like a bargain. It's a huge bargain. You can also add on microchips or a KCMO city license, anything you need. Um, let's talk for a second, Scott. Let's do. Now, you've been helping us out here for a few weeks now. Approximately two months, I think. Is yeah, it's, about it's the been... exact time frame. <laughs> it's not like we've been counting the days or anything like that. Um, so uh, I just wanted to say thank you very much for all your help here on the podcast over the past couple of months. Yeah, it's been fun. Mm-hmm, but, but I am very glad to hand the reins back over to our friend Sierra, who will be back shortly. Yes. From her maternity leave. Yes. We're very excited to have you back, Sierra. Um, and you will be, oh, gosh, when this drops, she'll be back in the building already. Right. Oh, my goodness. Right. It's very exciting. And then she can record the very next episode with you. That's right. She will. All right. Cool. Exciting stuff. All right. Why don't we go do some pet news? Uh, first up, David, would you sell your favorite thing in the world to help your best friend? Heck yeah, I would. Yeah, me too. I think uh, a lot of people know me as a, a bicycle nerd, and I would sell my favorite bicycle for my, one of my furry friends if they need it. And you know who else did? Eight-year-old Bryson. Having just moved into a house with his mom, Bryson was thrilled to finally be able to have a dog. I can relate, Bryson. They adopted Bruce, an adorable lab mix, and were all set to be a happy family. But a few weeks later, Bruce contracted Parvo. That's not a good thing. That's uh, we we see plenty of those cases here. Yep. So, and, and as we all know, uh, Parvo can be deadly for any dog, but especially for pups whose immune systems are still developing. Bryson's mom, Kimberly, told him to expect the worst. The next day, when Bryson got off the school bus, he showed his mom and stepdad a business plan. 
he would sell his Pokemon cards and some snacks to raise money for Bruce's surgery. I like this kid. Yeah, I like this kid too. Well, at first, mom and dad, mom and stepdad told him no, but seeing how passionate and responsible he was led them to agree to the plant. So he sold the cards, raising $400 in two days. His mom started a GoFundMe, sharing a picture of Bryson at his Pokemon card stand to show what a heart of gold her son had, and it went viral. They destroyed their initial goal of $800 and raised, are you ready for this, David? I am. Twenty. Six thousand dollars. That's a lot. Far more than enough for Bruce's treatment. Right. Bruce came through his parvo treatment with flying colors. That's awesome. Yep. And now he and Bryson can have a long, happy life together. As for the rest of the money left over after Bruce's treatment, Kimberly is paying forward the generosity of others by reaching out to veterinary clinics and paying the bills of pen owners who need a little help. Pretty awesome. Sounds a little bit like um, the clients we serve here. Plenty yeah. of them, plenty of them like to paw it forward is what we call it. Yep, that is what we call it here. And that's, it's one of the things, honestly, we raise a lot of money just from people doing that. It's kind of amazing to see. Yeah, well, and awesome, awesome for Bruce. Good luck to, to Bruce and Bryson, and uh, hopefully they have a long, happy friendship together. Agreed. Next up, a reunion story. Aisha Nieves was browsing the adoption page of her local humane society to look for a dog for her two sons when she saw something she couldn't believe. It was her old dog, Kuvo, who had escaped through a hole in her fence two years ago. No, she thought. There's no way. But there was a little scar on his eye from when he'd injured himself on a gate when he was young. She'd had him for five years before he got out, and they'd been dear friends. Four months pregnant with her youngest son, she was distraught and heartbroken when he ran away. He was there for me through everything, she said. Heartbreaks, ups and downs, and now he was gone. It was so hard to accept. But he'd been picked up by the Humane Society and eventually adopted out during that two-year period where they were apart. Now, that family that adopted him ended up facing eviction and felt they had no choice but to surrender Kuvo back to the shelter. And when she saw Kuvo's face on the website, it was all over. They were reunited in short order with the normally shy and scared Kuvo getting incredibly excited and squealing to be together again with his mom. That's so wonderful that they got back together. It is wonderful. And it's one of those stories that like, I don't know, there's, it almost didn't happen. You know, that family adopted him out. Um, and it's heartbreaking. That family had to bring Kuvo back to the shelter again. Um, that's one of those things that we always try to prevent. Um, had Kuvo been microchipped, a lot of this could have been avoided in the first place. I, that's exactly what I was thinking, David, is, is there's, there's another story right there about the power of microchips to return animals to their homes. Yeah. Cause two years is a long time for sure. Um, I tell you what, why don't we go talk to our friend Rhonda? Let's do it. At Critter House KC, they believe every pet deserves a home and every home deserves a pet. They're a relatively new rescue, but their knowledge and passion help them hit the ground running. We managed to snag one of the founders, Rhonda Law, to talk to us today. Thank you for being on the show, Rhonda. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, tell me a little bit about how Critter House KC got started. Well, there are three of us, myself, Lisa DeRose, and Tracy Bosley, who have combined 25-plus years' experience doing rescue and a lot of fostering. And 
once you people find out you do this kind of thing, they call you and say, can you help my uncle rehome a dog? Can you help me with this cat that I found? Right. And so we just decided that um, maybe it was time we just started our own. There seemed to be a, a demand for it. Mm-hmm. And so we got together and formed Critter House KC. And we've been rescuing animals through Critter House since October. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen a lot of them through here, yeah, for sure. A lot of them come through here. <laughs> uh, what kind of pets do you focus on? Uh, well, we have dogs and cats, of course, and we have rabbits and we have a guinea pig. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll take in just about anything, actually. We haven't taken in reptiles, but we're open to it. Very um, nice. We do kind of specialize in orphaned babies, mm-hmm. uh, puppies and kittens. Yeah. And uh, through the course of the last few months, um, Tracy, our feline coordinator, uh, has had several uh, kittens or ca- kittens with Manx syndrome. Mm. So she's done a lot of research about that. So she tends to be out there grabbing up the Manx cats, kittens. Okay. If they have Manx syndrome, generally they don't make it to cats. So right, uh, mainly kittens. But she's done a lot of work with them and has um, extended their lives and their quality of life. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so. The big question, how many fosters do you have right now? And how many pets in that network of fosters? That's a good question. The number of fosters is kind of a moving target. We have a lot of people that foster to adopt. Right. Because there's a space in between when we feel like the animals can go to, you know, especially the babies, go to their forever homes. Mm -hmm. But they're not old enough yet to spay or neuter. So we have this like kind of limbo area we call foster to adopt. So a lot of those fosters are just one time, you know, kind of thing. But we have um, 147 animals in our system. Wow. And we have, most of them are cats and kittens right now because it is kitten season. 107 cats, 24 dogs, 10 rabbits, and a guinea pig. Wow. And we've got around 50, they're in around 50 foster homes, um, you know, several homes have a litter of four or five kittens. Right, or, right. You know, uh, we have people that take two or three puppies at a time. So, and then some of these are just animals that are in that limbo period waiting to be spayed or neutered. So they're actually being fostered, but not by someone who's going to be a repeat foster. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. So, all right. What is it that motivates you to do this? Why, 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 <laughs> why rescue <laughs> I wish I knew. Uh, it just, it fulfills something in me. Um, there's a gratitude in these animals' eyes when you take them in and take them out of bad situations. You can you can see it in their faces yeah. that they know that they're being rescued. And that gets me in my heart. And then the joy of just placing a, a pet with a new family and, you know, the the happiness they bring to a family, especially if they've recently lost a pet or, you know, it's just fun to watch them interact with their new pet and, and see the joy. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And how long have you been doing rescue in general? Probably about 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Close to it. Um, kind of, Officially for maybe eight years, but I've 
you know, picked up pets here and there and fostered them and found homes. And, you know, it's just kind of been a you think gradual thing to where I primarily dogs or, or mm, initially dogs. No cats yeah. as often as dogs, mm. um, probably more cats. I mean, well, they're so, yeah. there's so many cats and yeah. kittens right now. It, it's just, I'm, I've never seen it like this. It's pretty bad. Well, let's talk on that a little bit. I mean, what is it what is it like to be a foster or what is it like to be a rescue organization in, in this kind of situation? It's awful. We have to say no every day because we just don't have the space. Right. Um, we need fosters so bad. Uh, we can, we're a hundred percent foster based. Mm-hmm. We have no facility at this time. So if we don't have fosters, we don't exist. And so we're just I'm on social media every day begging 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 for fosters right and would you uh, would you say that that's probably that's your biggest need right mm-hmm. now is fosters absolutely fosters and and adopters sure i mean you know if we get them adopted quickly then yeah yeah <laughs> then we can you know cycle them through the foster homes but uh recently we've had you know it's been really slow even getting the puppies adopted and usually they just fly off the shelves mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. so but you know I think that the pandemic is people are recovering from the pandemic. They're able to go travel now. They're going back to work. I just don't think it's as easy as no. it was there for a year. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's it, things are definitely backing up now. Yeah. If folks want to contact you to foster or adopt, what's the best way for them to find you? We have a website, mm-hmm. critterhousekc.org. And they could contact me directly by email at critterhousekc at gmail.com. That's fantastic. Um, I want to say, while I've got you here, that, you know, we have a lot of folks that work here that foster through you all. And, um, man, do I love every single pet that I see that comes (laughs) from you all. And I think it speaks to the, the level of care that your fosters provide. And I think that care probably comes right from the top. We have the best fosters. I have to say some, some of these people are just warriors and uh, they'll take on, you know, whatever I ask them to. Yeah. And the people here, the staff at PRC, of course, I know, have known a lot of these people for years sure, through sure. other organizations mm-hmm. and uh, some of my very good friends work here and, you know, so they've been helpful in spreading the word, but yeah, my PRC KC fosters are the best because I, they know what they're doing. Right. They know when to contact me. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just amazing. Good. So. Well, I know that they love fostering for you. And I'm we so certainly love that. seeing those foster animals in here, get them <laughs> nice and socialized. That's for sure. And they get to come to work with their foster parents. And I love that because mm-hmm. it's really good way to keep them socialized. And, yep. It really, really is. And it makes for really good pets when they can go in and out of different situations and meet a lot of different people and well, even just seeing them come in here the way, you know, the way they are went the first time the foster brings them here versus, you know, after they've been here three or four times, it's they're, they're used to the place. They're used to the amount of people they're used to the noise. Like it's just, it's really, it's really nice to see that happen. Yeah. It's really good for them and it really helps socialize them a lot. I know whenever we've had puppies that we've been fostering, we put a big pin in our front yard and then we would, take them out and let people walk by and, 
oh, can I come pet? Yes, come yes. climb in the pen with them, please. Yeah, Socialize for <laughs> them for us. Yeah. And we've got a little girl across the street who uh, has always been our kid tester. Mm-hmm. Like, Mila, we got new puppies. Come over and, and see if they're kid friendly. <laughs> so she comes over and she just climbs in the pen with them and lets them climb all over her. And <laughs> she's the best. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, Rhonda, thank you so much for coming by today. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's great to have you, and it's great to talk to you and and to spread the word about the work that you're doing in the community. We appreciate your support and uh, especially your staff. You guys are awesome. I mean, everybody here just makes me happy every day. Oh, thank you so much, Rhonda. (laughs) You're welcome. Every July 15th is Pet Fire Safety Day. It's not a pleasant thing to think about, but preparing for the possibility of danger can make all the difference. Not only are an estimated 500,000 pets affected annually by home fires, but pets are actually the cause of over 1,000 fires every year in the United States alone. The first part of fire safety involves making sure you don't end up with a puppy or kitty arsonist on your hands. That means minimizing the amount of open flame your pets are near or have access to, like extinguishing open flames when they're not being used, removing knobs from the stove when they're not being used to avoid burners accidentally getting turned on, or going with LED flameless candles to avoid the danger of real candles being knocked over by pets or tails accidentally coming into contact with open flame. The second part of pet fire safety involves being prepared for the worst. Fire extinguishers. Make sure you have them in your home. Make sure they're charged and in working order. And make sure you know what types of fires they're good for. Store collars and leashes near the entrance of your home. Keep your pets in the main living area so they can be easily rescued. Secure younger pets when you're away from home. Young, frisky pets are often at the highest risk of accidentally starting a fire. Keeping them in a kennel or a pet-proofed room devoid of hazards are both options. Smoke alarms, good for humans, good for pets. Have multiple and test them monthly to make sure they're working properly. Use fire alert window clings to help firefighters know at a glance how many pets you have and where they're likely to be in the home. We can't stress how important it is to keep it updated with the number of pets living with you and to replace it every few months with the current date. Just like we find with microchips, often firefighters find that fire alert window stickers haven't been updated and aren't accurate. This puts firefighters in even greater danger as they may try to rescue a pet or sometimes a child that doesn't live there anymore. Ensuring you have correct dated info on your sticker gives you, your pet, and firefighters the best chance of surviving. Stickers can be purchased at a number of places, but the ASPCA will actually send you a pet safety pack for a recommended donation, which seems like a good trade-off. Well, you can also get them from us. Yeah, we actually uh, we actually have those. Yeah. And, you know, of course we'd love a donation, but... Not necessary. We we want your pets to be safe. Most importantly, make a plan and practice it. The brain does funny things in an emergency. Thinking things out beforehand can make all the difference if you get flustered or panicked. Planning an escape route and practicing it can help you understand what problems might occur and how you can avoid them. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks to Rhonda Law for being on the show today. If you're interested in fostering or adopting from Critter House KC, just head on over to CritterHouseKC.org. As for us, we're a nonprofit organization keeping pets and people together through supportive services for folks who are in need, and you can help. Just go to PRCKC.org and you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store, and more. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, please rate us and leave us a review. 
That helps folks find us. And for the latest updates on what we're doing, follow us on social media. We're at PRR Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. So until next time, tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as Garfield creator Jim Davis wrote, way down deep, we're all motivated by the same urges. Cats have the courage to live by them. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, produced and hosted by Scott Cotter and David Shapiro, written, recorded, and edited by David Shapiro, music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Hazel Raw Musical Industries. 